0: This year. What's up podcast listeners, it's your boy
1: Baron Davis, the newest investor in blue wire ready to roll with you
0: guys. Enjoy this podcast episode and so much more coming. Let's go, baby. on this week's episode of the podcast since the bundesliga is the only major soccer league still playing at this very moment i decided to throw it back in the league's history and tell drew all about one of the bundesliga's first corporate scandals
1: der burglars
0: something like that bust out the shot glasses and get your new haircut because this is deadball brothers Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy dose of stupidity. So much stupid. Wah, 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 wah. Drew, when we last did this podcast, I thought that a global pandemic was the worst thing that I generally had to worry about on a day-to-day basis. Not anymore. And that has changed. It has changed. Very drastically.
1: I'm thinking about the pandemic a lot less these days.
0: Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, we'll... There will come a day in a couple of weeks where we, where we will be thinking about the pandemic much more. Yes. <laughs> again. Oh, yes. Uh, on a much more regular basis. It yes. seems like that will probably occur. Probably. Uh, but right now, it is not at the forefront.
1: Yes. Yes. And before we get too far into things, I would like to point out that this podcast is presented by betonline.ag, as our well sponsor as for the
0: day. Our sponsor for the day, as well as a part of Blue Wire Podcasts. Yes. Yes. As always. I suppose we should say, before we go into anything, that um, we here on this podcast believe that Black Lives Matter, and we also uh, don't think that uh, police brutality should be a thing. Uh, that That's a serious issue that we should be looking into. Absolutely. Um, and the deaths of uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor... So many more were tragic um, and also completely and totally avoidable yes and that they were just not um, the people responsible for them have not really been held accountable uh, to the the degree that they should be held accountable um, and as a result you see what's happening right now yeah and I and I think that um Blue Wire did put out a statement about these things on Twitter, and I think we're completely in agreement with that. Um, so if you want to know more about our stance, um, you can go and check those out, um, and if you have a problem with us thinking those things, um, sorry, but...
1: You don't have to listen to this you, podcast. Yeah, it's our
0: podcast, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, we're not a huge podcast, so we're, we're kind of a, a, a podcast that wants to scrap for every listener, but... If you're the type of person that is going to get angry or uppity or thinks that nobody should have political views, then I um, guess we have one last podcast listener, and that's going to be that.
1: There's this thing that we've said on the podcast before that everything is political.
0: Yep, we have said that several times, um, and so we're going to hold to that. So that's that's the that's the statement. That's what we're going to say at the top of the podcast, yep. and, and that's that. Um, we're not going to shrink away from that. We're going to say that. Clearly and publicly. And that's um that's gonna be that. Yeah. And now that we have said that, we will move on with the rest of the podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. True? Drew?
1: Yeah. What's up? Was, you are Drew. I am Drew. <laughs> I was going to say, do we want to introduce ourselves? We can introduce but ourselves.
0: Everybody knows that I'm
1: Drew already, so I feel everybody like I'm Everybody knows that done. you're Drew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: and I'm everybody's most favorite freelance, sports, soccer, music, whatever you want writer, Adam Whittaker Snavely. And we're the hosts of this podcast yes we are and that's the way the things go i can't believe that we are hosts of podcasts i mean i can all it took was a microphone and a laptop that is true <laughs> it's not like there was a, a giant barrier to entry even a couple of idiots could figure that out Yeah, so. you can figure it out too if you really want to it's uh it's not it's not a, a challenge it's not really even that all that difficult uh it's not we just take some uh a little bit of know-how maybe a friend if you want if you want and need a friend to help you out and uh you, too, could have a podcast of your own. You just have to have something to talk about. True that. And I suppose that what is interesting and nice is that soccer, more soccer is coming back soon.
1: Yeah. We I do mean, have
0: a, a Premier League return date now.
1: Yes. I believe it's June 15th.
0: Yeah, it's in the teens, definitely.
1: Uh wait no 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 no. I thought uh, I was thinking seventeenth in my head, yeah, but I'm no, not certain. You're right. I think it I think it's like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, somewhere around there. A couple, we're a couple of weeks away from Premier League, but Bundesliga is still in play. Bundesliga is in play. I haven't seen anything about La Liga. I'm
0: I think sure La Liga is good. coming back as well. Um Spain just reported no new deaths from coronavirus for like oh, the first so awesome. time since everything popped off.
1: And then um uh, uh, uh. The I, Italian Syria, they 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 finished. They, they
0: oh, they did they say it's done done?
1: They crowned Juventus champions, and I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's what happened at least, and they're done done.
0: I heard that Juventus was going to like basically disown the championship if they did that. Oh really? Yeah, they would they would basically say like, no, nah, we didn't win because we didn't finish the season. Huh. And, it, and it does suck because they were only one point in the lead.
1: Ah, uh, like
0: Lazio was one maybe point it wasn't them.
1: them.
0: I know I know the, the Dutch league Netherlands they completely is, threw Netherlands it out. is done done. Yeah. France is done done.
1: Okay, yes, yes. It was PSG, good lord, I Which can't say uh, PSG. I get I get
0: PSG yeah being champion. I think They're probably a billion points ahead. Serie
1: A is still in play then. Yeah, I misspoke.
0: I, I know I know like a week ago there was there was talks about plans on coming back for Serie A, but it, it feels dicey. Yes. MLS also. Oh. MLS is figuring out is trying to figure out a, a tournament where all the teams are in Orlando, and yeah. they play like a contracted like tournament format for a month or two in Orlando. So that there is basically the idea is you give all the teams like the most access they can possibly have to being isolated and eliminate travel for oh, all these yeah. teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're all in one place. It is right now. Still in negotiation, uh, the owners were trying to pull some kind of crappy moves about, um, like reneging on a lot of uh, a lot of promises that were being made on the new collective bargaining agreement, and the players' union was like, "What are you doing? Yeah, you know, we're not going to do that." And now, most recently. Today, uh, which is Tuesday, I, I believe that the owners kind of backed off some of the statements and some of the the clauses they were trying to force in there. But gotcha. we'll see if they come back. But they are also trying to come back, um, so we might have in the next few weeks much more soccer, a lot of leagues when than we did, and it's going to be weird because like we're already this is we're already in June, yeah. So we're going to get to a point where people are going to be playing at like the end of June slash into July and the end of July, and then have two or three week off seasons. And then the next season is supposed to start. Yeah. That's what, that's, that's what the Serie A plan was. Literally the Serie A plan was to finish the season in, uh, the beginning of august or or no the end of august and then start the next season like a week or two later in september dang It it was i was like that is that is a choice
1: yeah that is a choice
0: that is kind of wild but yeah. yeah, I'm I'm hoping that we can figure out how to do this safely and oh yeah, absolutely um, in a way that returns us to the game. Also, kind of selfishly, I hope that soccer returns and the athletic lets my editors hire me back. <laughs> that. that would be great because yeah. <laughs> that still is uh, that would be nice. That was that was my main source of money before uh, <laughs> before all of this went down. So uh, we're just <laughs> hanging in there. <laughs>
1: Oh, goodness. Well, while we have all that to look forward to, Adam, you have a story for us today that involves guys in the Bundesliga. I might not just be guys. Guys
0: in the Bundesliga. It is guys in the Bundesliga. It's just kind yes. of how it is, mm-hmm.
1: unfortunately. Um, corruption. Money laundering, I'm assuming. I wouldn't necessarily uh, say
0: corruption. It was definitely a bit of a scandal, but gotcha. it's not... The type of scandal that you're used to hearing when you think about soccer. Gotcha. Now, okay. with the Bundesliga being back and all, I thought it was time to dive into a little German soccer history. And what's more German than hating RB Leipzig? Ah, yes. Now, this story isn't about Leipzig. But, do you know why German people hate Leipzig so much? I actually don't know why. Okay, but you do know that a lot of people that follow the Bundesliga... Do not like Leipzig. Yes. And they are kind of considered this black sheep, kind yes. of. Yes.
1: Is it. Does it have anything to do with like. Them. Like their ownership group and. Oh, yeah. Them being like extremely wealthy.
0: Okay, so it definitely has to do with their ownership group. I mean, it's obviously, every that.
1: ownership group is extremely wealthy. Yeah. But there's that. Um, I don't know, stigma with the Bundesliga. Like, oh, there isn't a team in the Bundesliga that isn't owned by like, a country, essentially. Right, 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 <laughs> yeah. right,
0: yes. Well, yeah. and you have kind of teams like Manchester City and most recently Newcastle tried to have that whole like Saudi Arabian takeover. Yes, stuff, where yes. People from extremely wealthy countries, most recently there's been a lot of uh, countries from the kind of Arab Peninsula, Uh, Like the United Arab Emirates, Qatar, all those places, Dubai, um, that have kind of taken in, or they've come in, they've taken over, they're super rich, and they can catapult teams to the top of leagues.
1: Manchester City. Manchester City. Example number
0: one. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, PSG is another one. I mean, they were already a a pretty decent team Uh in France before they were taken over, but they were not like the best team. Usually Lyon was the best team. Olympique Lyonnais. Yeah. Uh, And then they got bought out by um, some Middle Eastern. I don't actually know where the the president of PSG is from now. um, The ownership group. But they were bought out by a Middle Eastern group and they just kind of became titans because they have money as... Make-believe for them. They're yes. playing with Monopoly money, basically. Yes. So, the Bundesliga is still very old-fashioned in one specific way. They try to limit and prevent super-rich ownership groups from coming in and simply taking over a club, making them into behemoths with reckless spending. This is part of why the clubs that are huge in the Bundesliga seem to always be pretty much the same clubs. Cough, cough, Bayern. Cough, cough. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of room for change. It's called the 50 plus one rule. Every single team in the Bundesliga and lower Bundesliga leagues must be majority owned by individuals who hold shares. A couple teams that were started and founded by corporations and their workers, perhaps most notably uh, Bayer, which is, I mean, you've, you've heard of Bayer like aspirin, yes. With, and you, I remember as a kid seeing Bayer aspirin commercials all the time. Yeah, They're like it can prevent heart attacks. Yeah. So Bayer, German pharmaceutical company, their headquarters is located in Leverkusen. The club was started by people that worked at the factory in Leverkusen. That's and pretty cool. Then the club or the the company kind of kept being involved in the club, and so they are they get a pass basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they've been grandfathered in, but. What Leipzig did, in theory, should not be able to happen. Red Bull circumnavigated the rules by buying up 49% of the club, which is a legal thing to do, then setting prices for the remaining shares so high that normal people couldn't really buy shares of the club, and only people associated with Red Bull or kind of selected by them could purchase the remaining shares. So it effectively gave Red Bull 100% control of the team. Okay. So they could spend how they wanted. Yeah. They did that. Um, they also got around rules that prevent teams from turning crests and club iconography into corporate logos and branding by slightly changing the Red Bull logo. You'll notice if you look at RB Salzburg and the New York Red Bulls, their logos are just the Red Bull logos. Yeah. But if you look at the Leipzig logo, it's slightly different. It looks a little bit more hand-drawn. Uh, they have the little two streaks that are coming from the Bulls. And because those were technically not the trademarked Red Bull logo, yeah. they got around those rules as well. Gotcha. They even got around the rule for naming a club after a corporate sponsorship because RB does not stand for Red Bull in Leipzig. It stands for Red Bull with Salzburg. It stands for Red Bull in New York. But in Leipzig, technically in the club bylaws and the, the contracts and legal papers and all that stuff. Uh-huh. It stands for Rossenball Sport, which oh. translates to lawn ball, or more literally, sports played with a ball on a lawn. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, everyone hates RB Leipzig because they came in, they bought a fifth-tier, no-did-nothing German team, turned it into a Red Bull corporate rocket ship, and made it one of the best teams in the league. To the point where I'd be shocked if they did not win the league within the next five years. Like oh, wow. I, I would just be very surprised if that, that yeah. didn't happen. But it did get me thinking. Surely, RB Leipzig isn't the first time this kind of thing has happened, right? There must have been some team somewhere that was a forerunner to this. Well, I was right. Nice. But to explain it, we have to look a little bit into the history of shirt sponsorship. Okay. Yeah. Shirt sponsors are everywhere. It's one of the easiest ways for clubs to make a really good amount of money, and for the biggest teams in the world, one of the simplest ways to make sure the maximum amount of people are seeing your corporate logo week in, week out. Just slap a logo onto the front of the shirt of a popular team, and away you go. A quote from Rupert Pratt of Mongoose Sports and Entertainment Quite simply, if you want to create overnight brand awareness in multiple countries, there is nothing more simple and effective than putting your logo on a football shirt. When he says football, he means soccer. (laughs) There's no need for creativity, no need for copywriting. It's the most cost-effective billboard you can buy. Shirt sponsorships, obviously, right now, a big deal. Yeah. Of course, today this translates into deals worth massive amounts of money for teams that routinely challenge for the Champions League. But in the grand scheme of soccer's history, widespread shirt sponsorships are still a recent development. Barcelona didn't even have any shirt sponsor until 2006. Oh, wow. When they put UNICEF on their shirt, and they actually, when they first partnered with UNICEF, UNICEF did not pay Barcelona money. Barcelona donated money to UNICEF so that they would have them on their shirt. Wow. Basically. That partnership is still ongoing, although the placement on the shirt has moved since uh, the early 2010s, when Barcelona started accepting that sweet, sweet Qatari money for a shirt sponsorship, and Qatar Airways was their sponsor for a while, yes. and now it's a Japanese comp- company, Rakuten. Yes. Um, whenever I see Rakuten, I just think Rakitic. Yes. <laughs> and seeing Rakitic <laughs> with the Rakuten shirt on, especially this last season when they had the checkerboard, uh-huh. I was like, how the heck... <laughs> Did all these three things combine? Because
1: he's like Croatian.
0: Yes, because yeah. he's Croatian. Yeah. The, so the shirt looks like his national shirt, but also the sponsor looks like his name. Yeah. It was just all a very weird complex yeah, of things. That is very weird. Um. So yeah, they got some Qatari money for a shirt sponsorship, which, as we all know, is not problematic in any way, shape, or form. Totally. Totally not. Yeah, there's no human rights abuses there. No. Just as there's no human rights abuses in the United States. Everything is (laughs) hunky-dory. The first known club to put sponsors on their uniforms was actually a club in Uruguay named Club Atlético Peñarol in the 1950s. Notably, Peñarol instituted shirt sponsorships as only short-term contacts with local businesses. Uh, They were weeks- or months-long agreements as opposed to years. So it was very, very short. It was like, put your... Company on our shirt, and we'll wear it for a few weeks, or we'll wear it for a month or two, or something like that. Penyroll also discontinued this practice after a while in the 50s. In the 1960s, according to David Hartrick and his book, 50 Teams That Mattered, France's Football Association encouraged teams to seek out shirt sponsorship deals as the league was struggling financially, and such deals usually included the sponsors actually buying the uniforms uh, and more equipment for teams. Teams in Austria and Denmark also caught on to that practice in the 60s as clubs tried to make ends meet. The most prestigious leagues in the world, however, were vehemently opposed to the idea of using uniforms as advertising space. England, Spain, Italy, and Germany, all of them turned their noses up at the idea of putting ads on shirts, mostly over claims that it hurt the purity of the game.
1: Yes. What yes. you hear about a lot? Oh, you hear all the time. Still, oh, it's, so it's, it's the
0: purity of the game. Oh, there shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Goes against the integrity of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. So, they didn't want it. They didn't like those things. But that was about to change, thanks to a little club called Eintracht Braunschweig. Okay. <laughs> Braunschweig is an old club, established in 1895. And today they play in the German third division. In the 60s and 70s, however, Braunschweig were Bundesliga mainstays. And in 1967, they shocked Germany by winning the league. It was kind of... I don't want to say necessarily Leicester City-like, but it was a little bit Leicester City-like. Gotcha. Um, it wasn't yeah. necessarily that a club that was in relegation trouble the year before, all of a sudden won. Yeah. But it was out of left field in that way. Yeah. It would kind of... It would, it would be like a Newcastle or an Everton just next season winning the league. Yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> they weren't supposed to be up there. Yeah. That it was it was that type of deal. Troubles would soon crop up, however. In nineteen sixty nine, forward Jurgen Moll and his family tragically passed away in a car crash. Only two years later, in nineteen seventy one, the club was embroiled in the Bundesliga scandal, which many players accepted bribes for match fixing in. Although, and I know we didn't... I know I said that it, was, it wasn't the normal football scandal. Yeah. And here we are, talking about I was going to say, <laughs>
1: this is like the staple this of all the, scandals. This is the staple
0: scandal of soccer. <laughs> yeah. In Braunschweig's case, many players on their team were accepting money to win games. <laughs> what? <laughs> which, which, in the Bundesliga schedule... Uh, the Bundesliga scandal, there were a lot of teams and players that were found guilty of taking bribes. And the vast majority of those teams and bribes in those games were to throw games. The Braunschweig players that were convicted were charged with taking bribes as extra incentive to win games. I was going to say. Which is a little bit insulting. These dudes
1: were (laughs) betting on themselves. Yes, yes. No,
0: it's a little bit insulting. Um and and weird because like oh we don't think that you make enough money to win a game kind of thing like we don't we don't believe in you here's some extra cash also the game they played where these players accepted bribes to win still ended in a one-to-one draw which is extra hilarious because it just means they all really sucked at their job that is so funny so they accepted bribes to win which is not how you bribe yeah. people, and they still didn't win
1: <laughs> That's so funny. I've actually been, I, uh, I've been offered money before to like score a goal in a game and to spread the word amongst my teammates
0: that if you score, you're going to get, I got, paid. I got a
1: text from a dad that was like, anybody who scores a goal against Akron in the state quarterfinals,
0: dude, really? Ser-
1: I'm being dead serious. There was a dad who texted what? me who's like anybody who scores a goal tonight, I will pay $50
0: that is probably illegal, like right? very illegal. That's what I'm not
1: saying. <laughs> yeah, don't, anything, definitely not. But,
0: <laughs> but that happened.
1: But yeah, it, it did happen. Wow. So, yeah, it was pretty wild. That's nuts. But okay. me, be, being in like a high school, I was like, oh, this is freaking awesome. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course you did.
1: Oh, gosh. I but, yeah. did
0: not know. You've never told me that. I haven't. I don't think I've told anybody. I I'm mean, just
1: telling our listeners and you for the first time yeah, ever. I've just, just kind of like gone to the grave
0: with it, but here just, I am just now. Just really making it public. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two players from Braunschweig were suspended and another 10 fined, despite the fact that they didn't try to throw a game. They did what you were supposed to do in general, which is try to win a game. Yes. But they still accepted bribe money, so the, the Bundesliga was like, we're going to fine and suspend people kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. So, 12 people from the club were implicated. By 1972, the club was rumored to be several million dollars in debt. Or, in Germany, it was Deutschmarks. And without many options for how to move the club forward, results were bad, fans stopped coming to games, and Braunschweig, unlike many teams, actually owned their own stadium, and it wasn't owned by a city. Nice. It wasn't like a municipal stadium. Which meant they were also responsible responsible for stadium costs, upkeep, further adding to their financial woes. Club president Ernst Frick. <laughs> Ernst Frick. But I'm pretty sure it's, it's either Frick or Fricka. It's F-R-I-C-K-E. Okay. So I'm not entirely certain how to pronounce that name, but okay. I thought it was funny that it's the last name. It's literally Frick. It's Schalke, right? It's just Schalke. I thought it was Schalke. It's Schalke. Pretty sure it's Schalke. So I think it's Fricka. Might be Fricka. Ernst Fricka. Okay. Had dwindling options and was frustrated. He vented these frustrations to some of his friends. And as you may guess, the friends of a president of a Bundesliga club include some pretty wealthy people. People that run companies. One of those people was named Gunther Mast. And luckily for Fricka... Mast had been looking for new ways to advertise his company, specifically seeking out sports opportunities. The two men struck an accord, and soon Braunschweig's fate would become inexorably tied with Gunther Mast's company. The name of that company? Jägermeister. Hey you, you, the person listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Deadball Brothers brought to you by our partners BetOnline.ag. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner BetOnline. NASCAR is back and BetOnline has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24/7 or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden bracket challenge a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls like Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary and what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Thank you so much, as always, to Bet Online for rocking with us, sticking with all of Blue Wire podcasts. We really, really uh, are really, really appreciative of them. And we're also really appreciative of you guys and the work you've been putting in in terms of getting us some reviews on Apple Podcasts. Drew, do you want to read out a review? I was
1: going to say, speaking of reviews, we have a new one. This one comes from the real Will Cornfield, okay. with whom we have no relation to. That's a lie. That is a lie. He is our cousin. He is our cousin. He is our our cousin. Our and first
0: cousin slash, like, best friend. I, I was going to
1: say, he's one of our best friends. Like, like.
0: I, know, I know, like, people don't... I know there's people that have, like, cousins that are like, oh, yeah, that's my cousin. I've seen them, like, three times in my life. Uh, he's, we, like,
1: a cousin like a brother.
0: Yeah, literally like, Will and his older sister, Mary Catherine, the four of us, spent... <laughs> nearly every waking moment together. <laughs> so when it was. We were kids, so
1: and this review comes from from him, and so it is very near and dear to our heart that he took the time to review this podcast titled "Wow,
0: Wow." Five These stars. guys <clears throat> five,
1: stars. Five, stars. five stars. I always leave that part out.
0: It's five stars.
1: These guys are the Terry Gross and Ira Glass of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of town. <laughs> ten out of ten would recommend. Thank you, Will, wow. for that review. Very, <laughs> that's very, that's very
0: nice. Uh, I feel like uh, very flattered. I suppose. Oh yes. Uh, we are. We are this American life. We are this American <laughs> life. What I'm trying to say, and that's brings us to fifty five star ratings 55
1: star ratings
0: 55 star ratings and we're also almost to 50 episodes as a podcast
1: yes we are we are very close which is kind of wild it's a pretty good clip honestly that's awesome so i that, mean
0: that feels crazy
1: here's to another fifty five star reviews
0: hell yeah brother
1: if you like this podcast and want to support us you can give us a five star review it's really easy really simple you don't even have to write anything you can just tap the five star button
0: although if you leave a review it also helps us like an actual like you you type some words down and leave a get, five star review and, and bang we get to get a few times and we get to give you a
1: shout out so yes. that's that's really cool too but i believe that is that is everything that we have for this section and we can get back to the second half of the story
0: oh drew we're gonna jaeger bomb the second half of the story
1: We are back for the second half of this podcast. Adam, Jägermeister is trying to get some skin in the beautiful
0: game. Oh, they got skin in the game, my friend. <laughs> now, when I think of Jägermeister, I immediately return to an absolutely awful job I had at a restaurant slash sports bar slash club called Phase 2 Dining and Entertainment. Oh goodness. Pour one out for the homies. It's dead now. It's, it's completely gone. Gone forever. And thank God because that was just a cesspool. Oh gross. Uh it was a it was a waiting uh, I was a waiter for 8 months in the restaurant portion of a place that was better known as a club um where we were frequently a bunch of like rock and country concerts as a it was a pretty pretty decent venue in terms of a lot of their biggest nights came from having concerts and I remember I had been a a waiter for like two weeks and Buck Cherry came and we had three waiters for this whatever 100 seat dining room because there was barely ever any business and that night they decided that if you ate dinner you could get into the venue early and so we were just slammed. There was like two cooks and, and we were just run over. Everybody's food was coming out cold. Everybody was pissed. It was one of the worst nights of my life. And then one of the people that I was waiting with stayed at the concert, got really drunk, asked an undercover police officer for rolling papers, got caught with marijuana and was arrested and then fired, left a black leather jacket there. It was there for a couple months I tried it on. It fit me perfectly. It was now my black leather jacket. And that's the story of the only good thing that came out of my employment at Phase 2 Dining Entertainment. Wow. Because he never came back for that jacket. Thank you for, for going through all that. But they had a sign, like a sticker, which makes me shiver to this day in that sports bar. Which said, our house wine is Jägermeister. Okay. <laughs> which which really sums up the quality of this establishment. Yes. The type of clientele it was pulling. Yes. Other memories include the viral video, My New Haircut, by Dom Mazzetti. <laughs> Dom Mazzetti. In which a man satirizing Jersey Shore type characters says a bunch of awful things. And then repeatedly says, Jägerbombs, Jägerbombs, Jägerbombs. <laughs>
1: uh blast from the past
0: yeah really now this alcoholic digestif Jägermeister was created in Germany by Kurt Mast in 1934 who I believe was Gunther's uncle eventually Gunther took over the company and began looking for new ways to advertise he did manage to start a Jägermeister auto racing team that actually continued all the way until 2000 so oh wow long long time yeah but he was hungry for his logo on a soccer uniform. Much like we had discussed earlier, he realized that the opportunity to advertise on a soccer team was the easiest and cheapest billboard you could possibly buy. It's surprising to me it took so long, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, teams are doing it, but there were so many teams, there were so many leagues that said, no. Like, we can't, we're not going to do this. This is ruining the purity of the game. I can't believe that, like, American football... Still hasn't it done still it. Still hasn't done it, right? Uh, the, the NBA, NBA s- doesn't have the, it. The NBA sells s- like small advertising spots. I think now okay. on jerseys. I think that is a recent thing that they've been like more discussing. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, it's super surprising to me that that American sports like baseball haven't gone on. Oh, totally sell sell some like shirt sleeve sponsors on baseball. Yeah, why not? I feel like I'm. I'm pretty sure like the Korean league does it. Yeah. It doesn't, like, what, what do you have to lose? You're
1: still playing the game. It's I don't like get... free money. Yeah, I know, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's it's such a, it's such a non-issue yeah. to me. I don't know. But these leagues didn't like it. They didn't want it. Now, Braunschweig to Mast looked like the perfect opportunity. For one, they desperately needed money. And Jägermeister had money. The eventual deal settled on between the two parties was 800,000 Deutschmarks over five years. I saw some variance in different sources of what this actually was. I saw 800,000. I saw 500,000. I went with 800,000 because I saw that in the most places that I looked, but there was a little bit of variance. Um, Now, Deutschmarks translated to US dollars and adjusted for inflation to today, which I believe... I think I did the math and used those conversion calculators right, is roughly $2.6 million okay. over five years. Yeah. Which is still a super cheap like price for a jersey advertisement yeah, compared to today. Yeah. Braunschweig was also a good fit because Jaegermeister were a local were a local like team. They were yeah. very, very close to each other. Jaegermeister was only located a few miles away in the town of Wolfenbüttel. Which okay. Is also, a funny German Wolfenbudo. name. Wolfenbüttel. 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 Yep. Okay. The deal between the two parties was struck, and Jägermeister had what was probably the world's very first major corporate shirt sponsorship. Of course, they had to get the Bundesliga to approve it, and of course the Bundesliga said, "Hell no, no, that's not happening. <laughs> that's not gonna, that's not gonna cut it, baby. Anti-commercialism." No shirt sponsorships, no corporate ownership, no corporate logos. Zero tolerance. Yes. The Bundesliga was like not having any of it. The only thing, according to the Bundesliga and their rules, that should be on a soccer kit is the club's colors, any logo of the actual maker of the kit, such as the Adidas three stripes, which actually Brunswick did have Adidas jerseys. Yeah. A lot of German teams did at the time. Yeah. Makes sense. And the club crest. And that's where Jägermeister saw an opportunity. Okay. If the only logo you could put on a soccer shirt was the club logo, what if the club logo was the same logo that was on a bottle of Jägermeister? Oh my gosh. No. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Most and Fricka agreed to change Braunschweig's badge. Oh my gosh. A red lion on a yellow and blue shield into the Jägermeister logo. (laughs) a deal a deer a with stag. a glowing cross over its head yes. between the antlers the crest was also made bigger a full 18 centimeters across oh smack dab in the middle of the shirt so basically Braunschweig, their colors are yellow and blue they kept the colors yellow and blue uh-huh. and they just took out that crest entirely and said that this is this is the logo now this is, the this is our logo. logo oh my god the Bundesliga. Again, refused to accept this workaround, and this time instructed referees to not kick off any matches in which Braunschweig showed up wearing the Jägermeister jerseys. Mast countered by actually hiring legal help to rewrite the club's bylaws, stating that the crest of the club was no longer a lion, but the deer of the Jägermeister logo. (laughs) The Bundesliga refused to adhere by these new bylaws, so Mast took them to court. After a full two months of legal battles, the Bundesliga was eventually forced to give up the case because they realized they weren't going to win it. Yeah. As it was clear, the legal loophole that Braunschweig and Jägermeister had found would actually hold up in court. That is legendary. And they didn't have the power to actually deny it. They finally approved the Jägermeister logo with a stipulation that it was shrunk to 14 centimeters across. Braunschweig obliged. On March 24th, 1973... Braunschweig played Schalke in the very first Bundesliga game where a team had a shirt sponsor. And that shirt sponsor was Jägermeister, baby. Before the game, the referee actually measured the crests on the front of the Braunschweig jerseys to make sure they adhered to the 14-centimeter stipulation. Yeah. So he actually brought out a ruler oh my to measure, to make sure that they were just 14 centimeters I across.
1: Am, I'm a dumb American. I don't even know how big 14 centimeters is
0: um it's like two and a
1: half centimeters is an inch
0: it's like the size of like your palm basically Uh, that's pretty big yeah no it's 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 it it is it was definitely way bigger than a standard like club badge that's on the breast of the of the shirt.
1: anything that i see in centimeters i'm like oh it's got to be tiny just because (laughs) centimeters are smaller than inches but like
0: if we're talking Fourteen inches—that's significant. Yeah, that's a—that's more than a foot. That's of cross. More than a foot. That's not what we're talking about here, but it was still a very big club badge. Yeah, roughly the size of like the palm of your average hand, right smack dab in the middle of the chest. Beautiful. That, they just had the Jagermeister logo. Yes. Also, it's so petty. We're in the Bundesliga. To make the referee go out there with a ruler and I be know. Like, and like... It's like, you already lost in court. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, maybe we can get him this one last time. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. After the 1973 season, the Bundesliga realized that if one team had a sponsor, they were going to have to let everyone have a sponsor. Because that was pretty much the way things were going. So they said, basically, Yeah. They allowed shirt sponsorships. Like wow. I guess you can all do it now, pretty much. That's Trailblazers. Yeah. Now, many teams immediately went out and signed sponsorship deals. Interestingly, though, Jaegermeister did not change the club's logo back to the traditional lion, <laughs> but kept the deer head as was originally agreed upon with the five-year deal that they signed with Braunschweig. Mast went big. Helping to fund big player transfer moves, some of which panned out, some of which didn't. They spent at the time one point six million dollars on a player from Real Madrid who, like, didn't pan out with the club at all. Oh, I believe no. his name was Paul Breitner, something like okay. that. Um, he didn't pan out at the club at all. But basically, he started acting like a Manchester City owner kind of thing. Gotcha. Like, oh, yeah, we're, yeah, gonna, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna bankroll. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. We're gonna absolutely. we're gonna get it out there.
1: Kevin De you're ours.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that that's what they that's what they started doing. Yeah. One hundred percent. And, much to Jägermeister's delight, the ad scheme worked well. Jägermeister sales were way up after the Braunschweig deal. It wasn't until 1983, however, that Mast pulled out one of the most alpha moves I've ever heard of. Oh, goodness. In 1983, the amount of money made off the Jägermeister shirt deal for Braunschweig wasn't really enough to keep the club going, and they were once again million dollars in debt. So when the presidency of the club became up for grabs, up for an election with yeah. the club owners, members, yeah. Gunter Mas decided he was going to run for it. Oh, goodness. Here was his pitch. If you make me president of the club, I will change the name of the club to Jägermeister Braunschweig. But in exchange, Jägermeister would completely buy out all of the club's debt. I don't know if the club group really loved the idea of their team being named after an alcohol company, or the alcohol company also completely running the club, but they didn't really have a choice. It was either that or just the club became solvent. Yeah. So Gunter Moss was overwhelmingly voted in as club president. Okay. And he said about changing the name of the club. You could say he dropped a Jaeger bomb on their heads. He. Oh wow! I see what you did there. Uh, you see what I did there? <laughs> so oh, clever. Little pun. Yeah. <laughs> And then the Bundesliga stepped in and said, nope, 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 nope. You can't do that. (laughs) Oh, no. You can't use a club name for advertisement. You just can't. And then Gunter said, yes, I can. And the Bundesliga said, no, actually, you can't. And then Gunter said, actually, I can bet, and we're going to go to court about it again. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And the court case lasted
1: three years. So what did they do in the meantime? Like, do they... I think
0: that they continued to use... What was the agreed upon sponsorship shirt deals, and technically were called Eintracht Braunschweig in the meantime. Okay. Um, But Gunther was basically suing the Bundesliga over this. Yeah. Finally, it ended up before the Federal Court of Justice, basically the German Supreme Court. Yeah. Where they ruled that Jägermeister could totally be the name of a soccer club. Heck yeah. Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) Jägermeister Braunschweig it is. Let's get it. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Now, where it actually fell apart was the Lower Saxony FA, which apparently was different than the German FA, which I suppose at the time was still the West German FA in 1983 because Uh, Germany was... Yeah, divided. uh, This is Cold War. Yeah. But the Lower Saxony Football Association, saying that, or I guess Fußball Association, I don't know what it is in German, but it's Lower Saxony FA. Yeah they said that if the name of the team was actually changed to Jägermeister Braunschweig, they would ban all of Braunschweig's youth teams because children shouldn't be used to advertise alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Which I'm like, fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, "Ah, good point. Yeah, I I, I get it. I get it. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. Finally, Jägermeister said, yeah, you got us there. (laughs) (laughs) So ultimately the name was not changed, but legally for like two seconds, a real-life soccer club was actually named Jägermeister.
1: Incredible. <laughs> I feel like a real-life soccer club should still be named Jägermeister.
0: You're probably going to run into the same argument about the youth team's thing. On the other hand, I agree.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's an awesome name, a shitty liquor.
0: Oh, dude, it's so
1: awful. It's terrible. Have you ever had a Jagerbomb? I've never had a Jaeger bomb. It's the worst. I've had Jager It's Meister. the worst.
0: It's the worst thing. I
1: don't like black licorice. No. So therefore, I do it's not like, like Jagermeister. It's like
0: black licorice if, if NyQuil was flavored like black licorice. That's Ugh. what Jagermeister tastes like. Yes. It's so gross. It's terrible. <sighs> Most actually lost a presidential re-election bid in 1985 and walked away from the club in 1987, at which time the crest was finally reverted back to the original lion. Uh. On his way out... However, one of the last major things he did was block the move of Volkswagen president, Heinz Bram, to become president of Braunschweig. Wow. He was running for it. Yeah. Instead, V-Dub became heavily involved with Wolfsburg. Where they still control the team?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they have a sponsor. They have the Volkswagen. Yeah, they 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 own the club. They're another
0: club like Bayer Leverkusen, who got grandfathered in with the fifty plus one rule, where a major corporation is like the kind of main owners of the team. They could have been the owners of Braunschweig.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Here's a question for you: If, I mean, Volkswagen is spelled with a V here in the U.S., and I guess it is nate worldwide but was it originally a w cuz the w is pronounced like a v in german
0: no because the the name is still german yeah it's volkswagen volkswagen yeah okay pretty certain that that is the german pronunciation but yeah it's not wagon in in today in the today world uh-huh. wagon in that in that word is not spelled w a g o n it's yeah. w a g e n That's the actual Uh, German word, and and German in general has a lot of cognates with English as a language. It's actually considered one of the English, the easiest foreign languages for native English speakers to learn. Maybe I should pick that up. Maybe you should pick up German, dude. We'll see. I mean, Christian Pulisic. 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 said it like he was. Come on, dude. Christian Pulisic. uh, I I literally I said it that way because all the German all the Germans called him Pulisic. Yeah. Um. Christian Pulisic picked up German in, like, a year or two. And he was, like, pretty fluent by the end of the, his time with Dortmund.
1: It also helps living in Germany, too.
0: Right, yeah. But still, yeah. that's a pretty impressive Yeah, that's nice. Feat. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure Weston McKinney also is basically fluent in German at this point. That's so cool. Um, yeah, they say it's the easiest for English speakers to pick up. <clears throat> Wolfsburg, as you know, are still in the Bundesliga. Braunschweig are not. They dipped into the two Bundesliga a couple times during the Jägermeister reign before coming right back up, but were eventually relegated for good in 1985, never again reaching the top division in Germany. Still, they were a massively influential club, if only for their shirt sponsorship. Following the Bundesliga acceptance of corporate shirt sponsors, it was only a couple years before Kettering Town, Became the first team in England with a shirt sponsor.
1: Kettering Town.
0: Kettering Town? I don't know. That's,
1: that's such an English oh, name. so English, So dude. English.
0: Oh my <laughs> gosh. Very much. Actually, the FA refused to allow the shirt sponsor. They were sponsored by a company called Kettering Tire. Okay. Like an auto shop kind of yeah. thing. And then Kettering Town tried to get around it by printing Kettering Tea. On their jerseys and saying it stood for Kettering Town.
1: Oh, goodness. And the
0: FA was again like, no.
1: No. <laughs> no, you didn't do that.
0: <laughs> Until finally a bunch of other teams started complaining and being like, yo, we should be able to have shirt sponsorships. We could be making so much more money. And the English FA finally caved and let in. And it gave way to Liverpool's famous first shirt sponsor, Hitachi.
1: Mm. Yeah. And then eventually the Premier League even got a sponsor in yep. Barclays. Yep. Which no longer is is a thing. This is before the Premier League even existed. This is when we were still in the football
0: league. Uh, Yeah, then they got the Premier League and it started going crazy with sponsorships. Sponsorships everywhere. The
1: the first tier English division, they're like, you know what, we could actually make some money if we just sold a sponsorship for the first division.
0: Yep. Uh But for a little while, there was only one team in Europe's major leagues that had a shirt sponsor, thanks to some sneaky... Mischievous legal loopholes, some good lawyers, and one of everyone's favorite trashy alcohols,
1: Jägermeister.
0: (laughs) Some sources for the story of Eintracht, Braunschweig, and Jägermeister. James Kelly for These Football Times. um, That was actually a really recent article that was like kind of the major source but also David Hartrick and 50 Teams That Mattered, Scott Allen from Mental Floss, and my own regrettable d- drinking decisions for knowing what a Jagerbomb tastes like. Ah, uh, yes. Red Fair Bull and Jagermeister. Wow. It is not what you want. Gross. It's just not yeah. ever what you want. It's
1: a pick-me-up, mm. for sure.
0: More like a pick-me-down. <laughs> I um, mean, yes, yes, it is a pick-me-up in the, in the purely physical sense of what it does to you, but the regret that comes with it is just enormous. Yes.
1: Oh wow! Well, thank you for that story, Adam. You're that so was um, that was very insightful. Yeah, dude. I had no idea that Jägermeister was involved with the Bundesliga at any point. I mean, I guess it wasn't involved with the Bundesliga at all, but a, a German Bundesliga team. A
0: Bundesliga? Did they eventually make it to the Bundesliga? Did I miss that? They were in the Bundesliga. They were in for, the, for pretty much that whole time oh, that wow. Jägermeister was controlling them. Because I thought that they like, were like over a decade. okay, okay.
1: Wow. Yeah, that is. That's really cool. I don't know. It's, it's funny to yeah, think it's, about. It's, it's very weird to think about. They're a very recognizable brand.
0: That but yeah, it's like a, the, the forerunner to RB Leipzig. Yeah. Ein Truck, Braunschweig, and Jägermeister. And, and Jägermeister. The
1: Trailblazer for...
0: The Trailblazer.
1: The Trailblazer <laughs> for, for uh, shirt sponsorships, yeah, team sponsorships, sponsorships in any... Yeah, form.
0: It wasn't the first, and it wasn't even the first in Europe, but it definitely was the first major team and the first major corporation to really get in on shirt sponsorships in soccer and influence, basically the way to make money for all soccer teams today.
1: And now I can only buy Manchester United jersey with the Chevrolet shirt, jer- the, the Chevrolet Chev- logo, the
0: Chevy logo is awful. In front. It's the terrible. The Chevy there is there is clearly like. Cool looking sponsorship logos on jerseys, yeah. And then there is like a bunch of sponsorship logos that everybody's like, "All right, whatever." And there's ones that look awful, it's and the terrible. Chevy logo looks awful. It's dude. terrible.
1: It's really, really. Why bad. I haven't bought Manchester United jerseys since they've become a Chevrolet.
0: How long does that deal last? Do you even know? I think there's only like one more year left on it. Thank God.
1: Thank God. It was a ch- shit ton of money. You should get, You should
0: get Vodafone again. Yeah. Vodafone was sick. The circle. Or I didn't AIG. Like, AIG was I, pretty cool. I was,
1: AIG, AON, like all those things. Like, Aesthetically yeah. speaking, they were, yeah. they were pretty good. Just like white lettering, like that's all that's all you need. Like I don't want a, a logo sure. on my jersey. Yeah. That makes so, sense. So, yeah, that's kind of frustrating. Especially since like there aren't really any other teams that are as wealthy as Manchester United. Sure. That – have another company's logo like i like even if it was just chevrolet it yeah. was just the word, just the word. yeah
0: chevrolet.
1: like that would be incredible
0: what do you think the best what do you think the best corporate like design wise what's the best corporate logo on a soccer shirt oh, i know my answer you like well, historically i think the best one it just looks right it looks correct
1: okay you can do yours then because i don't i haven't thought about it
0: pirelli on Inter Milan jerseys Okay. The the Pirelli logo yeah. is just like that's a good logo. This is this works on this shirt. Yeah. It makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. I'm not gonna answer this because I just don't know off the top of my head.
0: That's fine. That's something for you to ponder. Uh, and maybe it's yeah. something for you to ponder at home, listener. <laughs> Which by the way, thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to support us more, as always, you can leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out, bumps our podcast up in the algorithm. And you can follow us on social media, at deadballpod, on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. If you want to email us with comments, suggestions for stories, corrections, if you want to insult us a little bit, really slap us around via the internet, you can go to deadballpod at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll get back to it eventually. We both have other jobs outside of this so we're not as good at checking that email as we should be but it's an option that's open to you drew yeah thank you for listening hey thank you for telling the story it was awesome good it's a really good story i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah and for now i think we're gonna sign off stay safe out there be good to each other and we love you very very much see you next week